Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the wrestling podcast and we've got pay-per-view premium live event is it called now I think. Uh, that's right it's Wrestlemania Backlash. Um, it's uh, it's a good one. It's the uh, it's the next one in the in the schedule, and uh, we're a man down, but we're hoping that the, all the predictions will be there by kickoff. So see what we think is going to happen in WrestleMania Backlash. Before we get going, a couple of things this time. One, if you've got chance, please like, share, subscribe, comment, and if you've got a spare minute, leave us a review. Also, do look out for the details of our subscriber competition. Uh, Stu mentions it early on, and uh, you've got an opportunity to get in on that as well. So, that's that. So, here we go. This is CookieCast, getting over. Recording in progress. This meeting is being recorded. Double okay. duty. Double duty's there. Ghost you. Did, oh, okay. We've been we've been taken over already. All right. So, welcome along, everyone. As you've gathered, it is episode forty-three of Getting Over, a Cookie Cast Wrestling Podcast. Uh, on this episode, we have the predictions, title results from WrestleMania, a healthy amount of news to go through. And then some more predictions ready for WrestleMania Backlash this weekend. Those of you that have been here before will know that I generally don't do this alone. Um, although we are a man down this time, so welcome to uh, getting over Triple Threat Edition. Um, and joining me today, as always, we have Cookie Cast founder, creator, and general all-round top brass, Mr. Randy Cook. Hello! And last, as always, but not least, fighting out of the red corner... Because he's a Borough fan, nothing to do with his hair colour. Host of the football podcast, Mr Paul Williams. How are we, gents? Oh, very good. I mean, it was just, it was imperative that that particular gem had to get dropped, wasn't it? So, I, was always gonna I always feel it's a bit like low-hanging fruit, though, let's be honest. I was well, just very, very much so. <laughs> Before we get started, um, we just wanted to say a huge thank you to the regular listeners and subscribers. Um it's fair to say we really appreciate each and every one of you and getting over has decided to give back to you guys. So last time out on the wrestling podcast, we did launch the uh, subscribers competition or giveaway, should I say. Uh, as a thank you, we have actually two of the brand new Alexa Bliss Funko Pops to give away once we reach 100 subscribers on YouTube. Um, anyone that was already subbed as of the last episode will actually get two chances to win as well as a huge thank you to the... Uh, the, the regulars, so thank you very much. Um, the Funko Pop in question for the non-YouTubers is on screen, kind of, just now. I'll try and get some sort of angle on this. There we go. Um, so, yeah, if you're listening to us for the first time or the 43rd time now and haven't watched us yet on YouTube, get yourself over and hit that subscribe button. So, let us begin. Predictions title. Heading into WrestleMania... We had Matt holding on to the gold, 
And, uh, you know, he's obviously done a runner tonight, so uh, there may be some count-out rules uh, being enforced straight away. We shall see. Uh, but two nights of WrestleMania predictions would prove to be possibly a tough test to keep hold of that. So WrestleMania night one. And after night one, the scores look like this. We had one person with a different score to everybody else. So after night one, there was myself, there was Paul, and current champion Matthew on five points, with Mr. Cook taking a very early two-point lead, bringing in seven points from night one. That was quite, was quite impressive. That? Um, I know it was kind of a little while ago now, WrestleMania night one, but anything particularly sticking out from WrestleMania Night 1 for you guys? Is there seven points alone from Night 1? Yes. Weren't there only like eight matches? Uh, yes. However, we had that was Night 1 was the, the night of the bonus points as well for if the Stone Cold thing would be a match or not. And um, who Seth Rollins' opponent would be. Sorry, Seth freaking Rollins' opponent would be. So there was that. Well saved. Well saved there, Mr. Woman. See, well saved. Um, standouts for me, obviously, the the, uh, the aforementioned uh, Seth, uh, Seth Rollins Cody Rhodes match was um, very, very good, uh, very enjoyable. Um, and obviously, the, uh, the, the, the reason that I'd say about 125,000 of the people that went to uh, Dallas for that particular weekend were there for um, was um, Mr. Mr. Stephen Coldstone Austin, um, Cold dusting, off, dusting off his boots and uh, you know laying the um, laying the wood to uh, Mr. Owens. Well, I, I don't think anybody was surprised at the fact it was Cody that came back. Firstly, um, the the predictions kind of covered that last time as. Everybody picked Cody, so everybody got the bonus point on that one. Um, it was probably more of a shock that the, the Stone Cold match, official match, rather than just a bit of a beatdown, actually happened. But to say he's not done it for, uh, you know, was it eight, was it eighteen years or something? He said nineteen a little bit because obviously he wrestled his last match at WrestleMania nineteen, and we're at thirty now. I thought he did pretty well. To say, I think they they covered it they covered it well by saying it was a no holds barred match, and obviously they yeah. went all over the stadium, so that gave them a little bit more leeway to sort of have a bit of artistic license, so to speak, with the sort of the the terms of the match. But um, yeah, that thought it did really well. It was it was uh, got all of his uh, got all of his usual stuff in, and obviously. There's not very many people that can sell better than Kevin Owens, so yeah, agreed. And I think that the, um, the 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 moment of the night was certainly that. If match of the night was uh, probably like you say the Rollins Rhodes match. Um, the other big surprise from WrestleMania Night One, and again this is based purely on the predictions, was Ronda Rousey not actually winning the SmackDown Women's Title. Nobody saw that coming. So that that was. One of the uh, 
one of the three that Andy got wrong from the points, but everybody got that wrong. Um, but then also as well, not a great way to start with the Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Rick Boogs versus the Usos, kind of when Boogs's knee just decided to explode, for, for want of a, a better term. Um, hopefully, you know, he's, he's getting looked after and the uh, he'll, he'll be back in ring shape, you know, as soon as he's ready. But hell, that, that looked like a painful, painful injury. Um, it's just sort of going for a suplex, wasn't he? And then it just his knee was just like, nah, see you then. Well, he had, um, he had <laughs> obviously, massive, majorly ignorant. I don't know which of the twins it was that he had on his back. Uh, and then the other one sort of jumped on top of the other one. Uh, and obviously he went to almost sort of squat him up. And yeah, his knee just crumbled. Uh, and you could just... You could just see it sort of as he was as he was like sort of like lifting up. You could see it just sort of like went like that, and yeah, it was. I, I reckon that's one of the ones where you don't need to see the replay on the TV. And if you were in the like if you're in the stands, even if you're in the, the nosebleeds, you probably heard that go because it was grim. It, it, yeah, it was not fun. So yeah, best best wishes to to Boone yeah. and hopefully you get back soon enough. So then. At the end of night one, Andy with one hand on the gold into night two's uh, night two's results. So technically then, we all need to beat Andy by three points in night two to win. And I can tell you that the scores were as follows. Two, two, four, and five. So if that five was to belong to anybody other than Andy, he won't win the title. So in reverse order, I mean, the, the number describes the performance accurately, both myself and Paul with the twos, finishing on seven points overall from a possible 17. That's right. From two nights worth of predictions, me and Paul got as many as Andy did in night one. So who got the four, who got the five? With four points from night two, we're finishing in second place with a total of nine points. Mr. Matthew Moore, and new predictions champion, completely whooping all of us with a huge five points in night two, 12 overall points, Mr. Andy Cook. Congratulations to you, sir. Thank you. Any any, uh, any words from the new champion? Um, at this point in time, I'm wondering whether I can uh, catch up to Ric Flair for a number of times of being champion, and then surpass that. Um, I'd like to thank myself for putting in the uh, the work, for putting in the research. Um, I'd also like to thank um, myself. Just it's it's really me that's done a lot of the work here, and um, <clears throat> I don't want to be the you know you guys probably need to step up your game kind of guy, but maybe this time I will be. We'll see. Get come back to me in a bit, and and we'll see if uh, if this is the. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a heel turn coming, so this well, could be the one. You've you've clearly you've sent Matt packing already, you know, before the the podcast even started. So it's uh, we've 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 got a lot of ground to make up, gents. But yes, congratulations to you, Thank you. and uh, Thank we you. shall move on into the news. So we're here again. It's getting over time, and we're going to talk about guess what. 
releases. Oh, I knew that. Sorry. Another month and another set of releases to talk about, but this time they are all NXT specific. Ten releases have been made, including Raylan Divine, Draco Anthony, Vish Kanya, Mila Milani, Blair Baldwin, Harland, Persia Parotta, Malcolm Bivens, Dakota Kai, and Dexter Loomis. Whilst even hardened NXT fans may be troubled in kind of recognising the first half of that list, if not the first three quarters of that list, the latter should definitely be recognisable with all of them being on NXT TV in the, in the weeks and days even before some of the shock releases. As usual, we've heard the reports of budget cuts being cited, but perhaps slightly more interestingly is the development of a new direction in NXT management decisions. Talent from point of signing now have 90 days to show progression or face to being released, it's been reported. So... If you've ever had a new job and you've been given a three-month probation, that now applies to wrestling, essentially. So it's it's been pushed as like a ooh big bad WWE kind of a thing. But when I read that, I was like, that's just kind of normal. Yeah. The difficulty I've always in that situation is that the progression is in the eye of the <laughs> the manager. So uh, even if the talent think they have there still may be people getting their, their time cut short. Yeah, um, you'd, you'd like to think that there's like a a panel or something like that, and like they sort of like it wouldn't just be on one person's say. So you'd like to think it'd be sort of like maybe a panel of say like five people, and like they're sort of doing it a bit judge style. You mean you mean because the main roster is so renowned for not having one person in charge as well? Yeah, but. Different in it. <laughs> so, well, the ninety days thing, by the way, even applies if they've signed on a long-term contract. So they could sign a deal. Think, great, let's buy a house. Let's, you know, move to Florida. All the rest of it. Spend it all on a massive car, whatever. And then three months down the line, you'll be sleeping in it. So, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it it's a bit. I kind of, like I say, I think it's normal practice, but. I mean, we could see the uh, the turnover sort of levels hit the roof now, I think, in the coming coming months. And speaking of releases, again, but not this time from WWE or NXT, the inspiration of announcer stepping away from wrestling. So Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay, the artists formerly known as the Iconics in WWE, announced that not only were they stepping away from Impact Wrestling, but indefinitely stepping away from in-ring action altogether. The ladies have always had an eye on business opportunities outside of wrestling, uh, including a very successful premium content website, podcasting and acting as well. Uh, And it seems the latter may be the reason for the break, as shortly after the statement was released about them leaving wrestling, uh, Jesse McKay has been cast in an upcoming movie called The Charisma Killers, which is directed by somebody called Michael Matteo Rossi. Not a name I'm familiar with, but if there's anybody that's into the films, maybe they know. Not sure. No, not one that, no, not one that rings at all. Th- th- thoughts on them two leaving leaving wrestling? What, what do you reckon to that? It was a bit of a strange one because I weren't weren't they the Impact Knockout Champions tag champions until until very recently, yes. Um, and obviously they'd only just 
only just signed on there, or maybe only been there for about six months or something. Yeah, they haven't they haven't had the longest stay there, but they definitely carried that kind of gravitas into that division that it needed. Um, I wouldn't have said that the it, the Impact Wrestling particularly would have had enough depth for a um, a, a knockouts tag sort of tag, like, you know tag division. Maybe, maybe that's just me. Maybe I don't watch enough of it. Who knows? But they definitely brought more eyes to the product for sure. Um, and if they, I guess if that was the mo, they've done that job. And now with with Impact sort of you know occasionally teaming with with AEW and having a bit of a, a, a deal there to get talent from each show on, on um, AEW and on Impact. Uh, for example, the, the guy. Uh, formerly known as Big Cass, William Morrissey, is in Impact. He turned up on AEW this week, so the the you know that they're kind of doing it in other ways. But uh, I'm I'm disappointed because I I thought them two were great. I, I really liked them both in, in WWE. I think that um, Jesse McKay, particularly as as Billy Kay, obviously in WWE, put in a hell of a shift trying to get her a singles act over. Um, but for whatever reason. It didn't work out there, and they, they didn't give it up. So I'm, I'm I'm pleased that they got another run, and I think that we will see them back in wrestling at some point. Just not for a good little while, it seems. And, and let's be fair, it probably depends on how much coin that website is raking in as well. So I can't imagine that's a small amount of money. Uh, so moving on to some slightly better news. We mentioned last time, I believe, that uh, the UK has been given a premium live event for the first time properly in in 30 years, and that has now been given a name. So would it be SummerSlam? No. Would it be one of the regular pay-per-views? You know, maybe Hell in a Cell, maybe Money in the Bank? No. So, in Cardiff, Wales, at the Principality Stadium on the 3rd of September, we now have Clash at the Castle. I mean, if anybody wants to tell them that it's a stadium and not a castle, that might kind of, you know, have worked better. But Q, Vince McMahon and his team of hobbycraft elves that are now going to be sticking together some sort of castle set, you would have thought, for the entrance stage. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, Tickets officially go on sale on the 20th of May. But a pre-sale is happening beginning on the 18th of May. So if you do fancy heading over there, if you are UK-based... Or even if you, you know, more, more locally Wales-based, um, head on over to the WWE social feeds because they've got uh, the details on signing up and how you can get into that pre-sale. Um, thoughts on the announcement and the name from you guys? All I could think when you were saying that they were going to do the, uh, the, the the elves were going to knock up a castle, all I could think was Spinal Tap. They were gonna, they're gonna make it like Stonehenge and get like some elves to come out and dance around it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like you say, it's that thing. It's like you know they could have. Fair enough, you're not gonna get the big ones of the year. Um, but couldn't they have thrown a bone and and you know, hell in the cell, you know. Just just go down like one or two levels and give us one, you know. Give us one of those. But, yeah, you know. I mean, we could we could still technically get a Hell in a Cell match. I, I imagine that's very unlikely. But um, it'd be nice to see one in person, seeing as I'm blatantly going to try and go. So um, 
not that I booked the hotel room on 10 seconds after it got announced or anything, but, you know, there is that. Um, and what what do we think that the main event could possibly be? Has anyone got any oh, thoughts on that? Oh, I couldn't possibly think what could what might be in the, uh, you know, offing. I, I, don't, I definitely don't think there's a certain, you know, Scottish superstar who may be taking the slot of the main event. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were, you, you you might be correct. I'll be I'll be very surprised. Let's put it that way. I'll be very very surprised if he isn't either the champion leading into the event or is crowned the champ at the event to get the huge pop. But huh? I, I no no because is 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 the main event going to be the Rock versus Roman Reigns? No, so Roman Reigns will therefore Yeah, bear in mind you're forgetting that he holds two titles, Stuart. He, he, he I'm not forgetting. He holds two titles. I'm I'm not forgetting. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, hopefully Drew will be in the main event. I can't see it going any other way, and I think we'll get to it obviously a little bit later on. But they certainly seem to be feeding those uh, rumours as well. So with with the, the cards that they've got coming up, and Drew has been in the main event of quite a lot of. Uh, house shows and stuff recently as well. Uh, finally, in the news section, um, we have AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling announcing a joint pay-per-view. The event is scheduled for the 26th of June, and what could the name possibly be? That's right, nothing other than Forbidden Door. It must have taken them 30 seconds to come up with that name, but what, what else could they call it, I guess? Um, no matches have been announced as yet, but marquee matches have been promised between AEW and New Japan talent, with Adam Cole and Jay White already being confirmed to appear at the event. Uh, it'll emanate from the United Center in Chicago, which is uh, obviously an important venue as well in AEW history, with uh, the history that it's got with um, All In and, and such that they've produced. So that could be a very, very good event and certainly it, it obviously feeds to the, the hardened wrestling fan rather than the casual I would I would suggest but um, it's it'll definitely draw a few more eyes that way so I think that's a, a decent move personally yeah right we shall move on or oh. should we hold on slightly it was one of those, I was like, uh, we're going to need to take a technological break. Um, yeah. So, is that is that the cleanest point in time to do it? I think so. I think so, yeah. Let's, let, let's just have a, little, have a little pause, go grab yourself a drink, join us in what will be literally a second, and, uh, and, and we'll get stuck into some WrestleMania backlash predictions. We'll be right back. Recording in progress. This meeting is being recorded. There you go, dull duty again. We're back. <laughs> well, we are back, just in case you didn't guess by the, uh, the small interlude there. So we will get into the WrestleMania Backlash predictions. So the second incarnation of WrestleMania Backlash comes to us this year from the Dunkin' Donuts Centre in Providence, Rhode Island. And as always, the match card is correct at time of recording. It's taken from WWE.com, but the card is subject to change. Currently, we have six matches listed, and it's our job to score as many points 
from these predictions as we possibly can. Or in the case of me and Paul, absolutely not. So, here we go. Let's get into it. First match. Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. There are six, again I repeat, six matches on this card. And that gives me no hope that this is getting bumped off to the pre-show. So, in what could or should be a loser or winner or both leave town match, we have the battle of the former friends. A simple story on this one. Corbin was jealous of the single success of Madcap Moss after his henchman won the Andrea Memorial Battle Royal and subsequently turned on him. He was really jealous that he won that match, considering that he won it himself just a few years ago. So, the question is, who cares? I mean, sorry, sorry. Who wins this match? You see, what I thought... Paul, do you want... I thought the question was, when a company keeps getting rid of all their effing talent, why then this is like a main event match? I thought that was the question, but is that not the... That's not... We don't talk about it. Okay. I guess this kind of... They've sort of jeopardied themselves in the sense of... The, this is the answer to the question, what matches are you left with when everybody's been binned? Teach a man anyway, to fish. Um, who, who's going who's gonna to throw up a, 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 a prediction first? Um... Just, just going entirely off the fact that um, because one got a, got sort of a win at WrestleMania in the Battle Royal, and one of them didn't get a win at WrestleMania because he lost to Drew McIntyre. I'll go for Corbin to get his win back, so to speak. So stick me down for a happy Corbin win, please. Okay, Paul is clearly happy with his prediction, Andy. I am going the complete opposite way. I'm going Madcap Moss to get a little bit, a little bit of fire, a little bit of heat, and get him embedded. Okay. Well, on on the basis that Moss is probably going to be fired by SummerSlam, I am going for Corbin. <laughs> so yeah, we obviously we we are missing, as we mentioned, we are missing our. Uh, our fourth fourth member of the team. So if we get predictions from him before the pay-per-view airs, I will add them into the book as we go. Um, right, so we, will, we shall move swiftly along to the second match. And this time it is a straight-up WrestleMania rematch with a twist as MVP has now switched his allegiance from Bobby Lashley to his opponent, Omos. Lashley won this match at WrestleMania then won an arm wrestling contest on Raw between the two in the build-up to this rematch, and then took a beat down shortly after. So, does Omos draw level here now that MVP is on his side? Or is Lashley going to match on to better, but clearly not necessarily bigger things? Where are we going on this one? Paul, do you want to kick us off this time? Hmm. So, I reckon this could be our first but maybe not only shady dealing match of the evening. Um, uh, the question is, is, which way does it go? Hmm. I'll go for Lashley to win, but by 
DQ. Okay. You are in the book. I have gone for Omos to win on this one. I, I do think there'll be some shady dealings. The, the fact that MVP has only just really aligned with him indicates to me that that's how he's going to get the win. So uh, I'm going for Omos to win, but I think he'll get helped out by MVP. Mr. Cook, there are some huge nods of agreement yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely that, agree with every word of that. Yeah, I'm, all, I'm, I'm very much in, in the same camp as you this year. I think it's going to be an Omos win, but some uh, some shadies going on, some, some slim shadies going on. Um, okay. Lovely. That's those three in the book, and we haven't got any agreement across the borders yet, which is unusual for us. Um, so yeah, we've kind of skipped over the first two, even though there's uh, there's only the six on the card, like we said. So we're getting into the the absolute meat of it now. This this is this is where business is about to pick up, as Jr. would say. Uh, and the second in a run of rematches brings us AJ Styles versus Edge. Edge took the win at WrestleMania after a distraction from Damian Priest in what we now know was the beginnings of his new stable, Judgment Day. They've been making life a little difficult for AJ since WrestleMania. And whilst the WrestleMania finish served to set up some longer-term storyline, which, which is a good thing, personally, I wasn't necessarily a fan of how that match sort of finished with Priest just standing there to cause the distraction. I would have probably preferred a little bit more of a a, you know, a bit of a heftier interference, shall we say. Um, from Raw this past week, AJ did take on Damien Priest. Uh, the ramifications of that was that if Priest was to lose, he would be barred from ringside for this match, which is in effect. So there will be no Damien Priest during the match at WrestleMania Backlash. So is AJ going to get his redemption, or will it be Edge who passes final judgment? Andy. <clears throat> so, I've been I've been bitten by this match. Uh, I, I feel a few too many times at this point in time, and I think because of that, I went against uh, against type last time and had to uh, had to just completely throw throw it out of the out of the book. But having said all that. You would think once bitten, twice shy, but I'm going with Edge. I don't quite fit. I know it. I know it would make like that 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 double win, and and they like they like symmetry, but then they like to screw you over when you think they're going to go with symmetry. Uh, I think there was maybe mistakes made previously, and I think that they're trying to sort of do something. So I'm going Edge. But I feel okay. I should just mention, just before we cement that in as well, that the development on Raw this week with the win was the tease of Finn Balor joining forces with AJ Styles to kind of level the playing field. And they've got a little bit of history from the uh, Bullet Club days, so there may be there may be something there as well. But if if you're happy to stick with Edge, I will certainly put that in the book. I'd seen the the stuff about Finn Balor um, when I was looking through like the research and stuff, and it it did make me 
sort of want to go that way, sway that way a little bit, but I was like, I think I'm just going to throw caution to the wind and stick with my edge prediction and just see how it plays out. I uh, agree on this one. I think uh, as soon as you get the so-and-so, so-and-so barred from ringside stipulation, it normally just opens up, ooh, angle alert, angle alert, angle alert. So I believe this will be the uh, introduction, shall we say, of a third member of the uh, the Edge faction. Um, there's been a lot of talk. I've seen it online about... Um, who the different members could be. So some of the people that I've seen that have been um, thrown out as possible options were um, Rhea Ripley as an option as uh, someone that could join the group. Um, Tommaso Ciampa was another one that was mentioned that could potentially be uh, be uh, in the mix. Um, but I think, that, like you've just mentioned there, obviously the tease was Bala um, joining forces with AJ. I think that's going to be the swerve Row, uh, and I think it'll be that Balor costs uh, AJ the match, and then obviously you'll you'll get the whole. Or uh, do you not remember what you did to me in in Japan, you evil, floppy haired bastard? You. If for those of you that listen to a lot of Cookie Cast, and for those of you that watch a lot of Cookie Cast, and you'll see on occasion on a football podcast where somebody makes a prediction, and then generally I roll my eyes. This is that moment, but on the uh, on the Getting Over podcast, because everything that Paul has just said is everything I have written down about this match. <laughs> so I, I agree. Um, there, there could not be a more apt way of phrasing it for Finn Balor to join the group other than new member, um, because that is absolutely the way it's going. I, I, I'm, I'm wholly convinced. Whether Whether that's this weekend, though, I think that the I do like the Judgment Day setup. Um, it gives Edge something to get his teeth stuck into. He's never really been leader of a faction before, but he's been part of them. Um, so that is that is quite cool. I'm quite quite happy about that. Um, personally, I think that there's room for two more guys and possibly a female as well. Um, Rhea Ripley would make the perfect fit. I would possibly argue that if if the Liv Morgan thing had gone the other way, it could have even been Liv to a certain extent as well. Yeah, dark um, side of the personality and stuff like that, yeah. But, um, but I mean, Champer is absolutely the perfect fit right off the bat. But then um, Finn, Finn Balor's been playing a good guy of late, so it, it, it gives him a chance to swing back towards more of the style of stuff as well. So I think that if if that was the group as a whole, when, it, when it's sort of finalised more than happy to see them guys like run rough shot really for, for quite some time they've got a good amount of potential there um, so yeah just just for clarification I have also chosen Edge so whilst none of us have got a matching set of three predictions that is the first match that we do agree on so clean sweeping for Edge on that one moving on rematch central continues as you'd probably expect from a pay-per-view oh, sorry premium live event named WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, the simple story here of Cody Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins. Rollins took the Mania match without knowing who he was facing. This is his chance to be prepared for the match so he has no more excuses, basically. 
The return of Cody has been quite a success so far. The pomp and circumstance around it created a huge buzz for WWE and like would have been unthinkable as his, in his days as Stardust for him to create such a sort of a lot of media interest, I would say. Uh, maybe proof that WWE releasing half of the roster maybe does work in the long run. Still not convinced. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the WrestleMania match, as we, we said earlier, and the promos from Cody since his return have been spot on. All of them hit the mark for me. Um, the whole stuff about his, his dad winning the title, but not never officially, and now that you know it becomes his mission, and uh, it, it worked because you could tell it was coming from the heart. Really, there was no, there wasn't an awful lot of scripting, not a lot of lines to remember or anything like that. It, it just everything just seemed to pour out of him, so it, it worked really, really well. But then I guess. Is Rollins going to derail that momentum to level it up so they can maybe drag this out a little longer? Or is uh, is Cody Rhodes going to win and just move along? I've got for this one Cody Rhodes to just win. Um, I think that the promos have been too strong. I think that Rollins, it doesn't really matter if he loses. Um, I think he, he can quite happily cope. Uh if Rollins does lose and, and it kind of goes on, I think Rollins will probably end up being a good benefactor if they then do split the main titles apart again. Um, it can't be too long that he's been left sort of meandering because he didn't really have anything in the lead up to WrestleMania because of the way that that was set up. And if he loses to Rhodes, there's not going to be an awful lot going for him either. Um, but yeah, I, I, still, I still think that'll happen. So I've, I've got Cody Rhodes down to win this match. Andy? Yeah, I'm, I fully agree. I was like, um, to, have, to have Cody Rhodes lose now seems wildly pointless. They need, you know, it's great he's back, it's doing real well, it's getting that that energy, that, that heat and stuff, but then just they've just got to keep, keep that going. Likewise, what you were saying with um, Seth Rollins, I, I can't do the, the, the full the full name because I think it's ridiculous um, even though I'm I'm like Cody Rhodes has, has, has to get this win um, I, f- I feel that they need to do something with, with this sort of Seth Rollins situation they need to either push him down a down a, a title route or get you know some kind of different storyline going um, so yeah, they really do need to do something there. But, yeah, Cody Rhodes for the win for me, please. Okay. And you are in the book there. So, Paul, is it going to be a clean sweep? It certainly is. Um, like everything that Andy's just said there, you'd imagine that surely if they've invested the money that supposedly they've invested in, in Cody Rhodes with this multi what was the what was the phrase he used multi year contract I believe when he did his first promo on the Monday night after the Ray WrestleMania. Um you'd like to think that they wouldn't be as short sighted as to bring him in and then beat him within the first four weeks. So nice long unbeaten run for me would be the, the only way to, to sort of push him. If you are gonna have him lose, make him lose by like, you know, a count out or something stupid like that. Um, but yeah, I think um, 
it's, the, it's that sort of situation where Rollins can definitely take the loss better than Rhodes can at this point, as it would just kill his momentum stone cold. Um, so, yeah, Rhodes win for me, then push him on to um, the next thing, which I don't know whether it's going to be him reintroducing a, a, a title for Raw if, there's, if they're still pushing the two titles on SmackDown sort of idea, but, yeah... Okay, so that brings us to our second clean sweep prediction. Um, so yeah, we shall see how we go with that one. I have a feeling that we may get clean sweeps across the board for the remainder of the predictions, but we shall see. So we will move on. The penultimate match on the card is the SmackDown Women's Title match, which is an I Quit match between Charlotte Flair going in as champion and her WrestleMania opponent Ronda Rousey. Um, like I say, for me and possibly the whole. Uh, group of us on here, Ronda coming away from WrestleMania without the title was possibly the shock of the entire weekend, as we spoke about a little earlier. The fact that this rematch is happening is probably a lot less shocking. The added wrinkle here is the I quit stipulation. This has come about after Ronda made Flair tap during the main event of WrestleMania Night 1, but the referee was down, so that kind of prevented the, the bout from ending. This time, Ronda has made it very clear she wants a decisive victory, and the stipulation in theory should give us that at least. Will this year's Rumble winner finally see the gold, or will Flair find a way past the baddest woman on the planet? Andy, do you want to kick us off with this one? This feels to me very much like my, my like my edge prediction. Um, I, I find every time I predict a certain way, it, it, it doesn't always go that way. Um, but I think this is probably going to be a rectification of, of the biggest shock. So um, I've got Ronda Rousey down to win this. Um, I, I see this I see this one just going and going and going. As a match, just going and going and going. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going with I'm going with Ronda Rousey for this one. Um, and okay. And, and getting that, that title I've switch. In. I've got you in, in the book for Ronda. Paul, do you want to carry that on on? I I completely disagree on this one. I don't know what it is, but there's just something there's something in the back of my head that just I I don't know what it is, but I don't think they're just I don't think they were as convinced with Ronda as they were when they first signed her. So obviously they first signed her, she had the match with Kurt Angle, um against Triple H and Stephanie at WrestleMania, which was probably way beyond the expectations they could have had um, as far as like performance levels and stuff like that. And it's almost as if she's just... She's kind of worked in reverse. She's like come in and had this incredibly good match, and she's kind of got... She's regressed ever since that moment. And I don't know if they're now just not as convinced with her and they're maybe trying to do something to like not repackage her as such, but sort of like put her into a different sort of mindset. I don't know if they I don't know if they're trying to like do something where they end up turning a heel eventually or something like that, but um I just think that like this could be like like years ago there was um there was a situation where there was the I quit match at the Royal Rumble with The Rock and Mankind. And the way they got around it was by obviously having the recording of Mankind saying that he quit. And I think that could be 
a similar way to how they get this one, like over the line. So I think that Charlotte will win, but it'll turn, it'll it'll come about that it's actually you know a recording that she's managed to put together like in a previous week or something like that. So they'll manage to get around it. So it'll go down as a as a, as a loss for Rousey, but they'll be able to explain it away and stuff like that so that it won't really matter in the in okay. the, the record books and stuff like that. Okay. You are in the book for Charlotte. At points during that, I thought Andy was going to jump down the camera and punch you in the face because he was trying to, trying to say something quite... So, I've just had a thought and I've just thought, I, I wonder if, so I'm going to stick with my prediction, but I want this recorded so that we can look back and go, mother. I wonder if this match ends in a situation where where Ronda doesn't quit. She will not quit, and then sustains an injury because she didn't quit, and that injury will allow her the opportunity to I don't know maybe go and. Be in a movie from a franchise that she's been in previously that is currently filming right now. Oh, that, that was a, that was another thing that, I, that that just came to me. Then obviously they could they could try and get around it by having to say "I give up" or something like that, and like you know, or those words, and like or like yeah, or do you do you quit? Yes. So technically, the person never said I quit or something like that. I, I don't know that they'll go that. It, it's it's a sneaky way to get around it, but it's been done before. I think that would get booed out of the building. Oh God, yeah, I mean, absolutely. But it's it's a, it's an it's a means to an end. Let's put it that way. Well, despite that new information, I'm still going for Ronda personally. Um, I think that they'll want her to to look like the the one who's going to absolutely rip Charlotte's arm off. Um, but where I'm going with this is that I don't think I think Paul's assessment was possibly a little harsh. I don't think she's necessarily regressed. I just don't think that she's worked out the way they intended. And by that I mean they want her to be the stone cold sort of badass kind of. Everybody cheers for her because you know she's she, she, like just hard as fuck basically. Um, but what happened is they got they got the person who can fight and can, who can absolutely um, you know a wrestling has, has, has been absolutely fine. But when she does her promos, she talks a lot like a robot most of the time, and people really do not give a shit. So like she tries she. Uh, Bear in mind, obviously, like Sarah will, my, my wife will kind of catch bits and pieces of it when I'm watching it, and she hates watching Ronda Rousey because she, the way that she puts it, and this is a completely casual fan, is that she's got this just angry face, and that's the only thing she does. It's an expression, it's a tone of voice, but it's just just the one face. It's like, oh look, yeah, it's friendly Ronda Rousey. Oh, the eyebrows have come down. Right, we're getting monotone for the rest of this entire promo now. And nothing changes. And as much as she can, she can do the the, the business like physically, verbally, 
she's not got enough for the longevity currently. I, I, she would have been a perfect example. It would have been far too obvious to put her with um, Paul Heyman because of the UFC connection with Brock. But just give her a goddamn mouthpiece because she so desperately needs it. Um, whether that could have been Sonya Deville rather than this whole raw um, general manager thing. I think I think that's something they're probably keeping for like when slash if they do turn a heel. Because it sort of it almost sort of gives her an out in like you know she can just sort of like not have to speak, yet still be portrayed as this you know dick that you know she's too she's the she's like you know the she's the speaking to the fans is beneath her sort of thing so like she's employed a person to do it for her blah 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 or something like that. For those of you that can cast your minds back to um, the Miz winning the WWE title years ago. She effectively is just angry Miz girl when she's doing the promo. So, anyway, I still think she'll win. So, officially, for the book, we have Andy and myself on a Ronda prediction. And Paul out there on uh, Points Island, potentially, with uh, with his Charlotte Flair. Okay, main event time. Um, this match may have a little bit more interest to it than it sounds initially as well. So, we've got Roman Reigns and the Usos versus... Drew McIntyre and RK Bro. At first, we were told there was going to be a tag team title unification match between the Usos and RK Bro, but there seems to be no mention of this whatsoever now, as Reigns and McIntyre have been added into the mix. Uh, there'll be no secret to regular listeners how happy I am to see Drew McIntyre in a main event for him, um, especially against the main title holder in WWE. But I can only think, as we kind of alluded to earlier, that this is the beginning of the build to September to see Drew main event against Roman in Cardiff. This does bring up the other question, though. Will we still see a tag team title unification match down the line? What do we think to that? Maybe. Hmm? Iffy, okay. Maybe. Um, my other question would have been, why could this match not have been for all of it? Because they've done that before, so they could have had the, the the winning team takes all the gold. Essentially, they could have quite easily done that. And who knows? By the time that this podcast airs, we've still got SmackDown to go. That stipulation could could get added potentially. Um, I, but I guess the main question is, who wins? So, so I'll, I'll I'll jump in here. I think there's a specific reason they don't have that stipulation because I think this is a cheap way. To, to post a loss on Reigns. So obviously they don't want to beat they want they don't want to beat him for the title. But if they keep if they keep him in this sort of vein of unbeatable, then it's gonna to get to the point where it's not something that people look forward to seeing anymore. It's just that people they'll just turn off it's like, well, I don't need to watch anymore because no one's going to beat him, sort of thing. So they're almost making it worse for themselves by making him so hard to beat. If that makes sense. And and I yeah. I I'm, I don't want to ruin any part of your prediction or anything, but I I absolutely agree with what you're saying there. It's one of those things that when I came up to like doing the research for this, preparing for this, preparing to give an answer for this match, I was like, have we now reached a point where we're kind of tired of this Roman Reigns thing. We're waiting for something 
that's starting to feel like it's never going to come. And if it's never going to come, then they need to do something else. Because if, if it's just, he's unbeatable, then what what's the actual point? He could just retire undefeated champion and walk away into the distance and be like, well, nobody was ever going to beat me. And that would be the end of it. Yeah, I mean, that that's basically what it, that's what it boils down to, isn't it? It's the sort of thing, so... So he came back in what? August of 2020? And he's maybe lost, what, one match by like disqualification or something since. So, fair enough. I get that you're trying to build this, like, you know, this monster heel sort of like character, blah, blah, blah. And he, and he is definitely like, his, his, his sort of character side of his, of his persona has definitely improved tenfold. He's, he's, He's arguably one of he's, he's gone from being a very very weak promo to arguably one of the best promos in the company. Um, in two words, he's done the entire thing with the whole acknowledge me bit. Yeah. That, like that's what's making it. But someone someone put someone um, like put like a clip of him with doing a promo against Brock when he was like talked about like you know you come in here this is the, you know we this is my show these are my people that's my cameraman and stuff like that. And it's like. If you tried to imagine him doing that promo like three years ago, he'd have been booed out of the building. But it's at the point now where people actually sort of like believe in him and stuff like that. But just going back to my earlier point, I think this is an easy, this is a sort of a cheap, not, well not, cheap makes it sound wrong, but this is an easy way to post a loss on him. Because it's non-title, if it still stays non-title obviously. But it, it, it also like, if anything, it probably improves his character because it shows that, ooh, he can be beaten, and it doesn't have to be necessarily with a finishing move or anything. It could just be. In fact, I think it might be like a quick one. It might be a roll up or like a small package or something. Like that. I think he'll get the. I'll, I think Drew will win, and I think he'll win with a quick one, as they say. So, so you you actually go on Drew McIbro for the win? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, Andy. So because because of what because of what Paul said because of what I was saying and my agreement and stuff when I came when I came into this I was like oh, I I really want to put RK bro I really want to get get Drew and I really want that I mean to me that combination is a sweet combination you you've got RK bro Drew big fan of everything that that, that they're doing and. I, I constantly think that Drew gets screwed unnecessarily out of stuff. And I was like, however, you look at the other side of the ring and it's like, well, they're not going to win, are they? Because it's again. But the more I've thought about it, the more we've had this conversation, the more I'm looking at it, I think it's, I think it's, it's right. I think it's doable. I think it is, like Paul said, it's a, it's a, ch- not a cheap way, but it's a cheat way of pinning a loss. So I've decided, RK bro, Drew McIntyre, please. I think it could be doable. Okay, uh, I am not not to do this to play for points. I am going to, uh, I'm going to go for the bloodline, as it were. Um, I think that. Whilst I think everything that you've both just talked about is, is viable and is absolutely, in many cases, the right way to go, 
Andy also uttered the uh, the phrase, Drew keeps getting screwed. It's going to happen again, I think. I think that I think the way it'll finish is I think the Usos will get the, the pin on uh, one of RK-Bro. Probably Riddle, let's be fair. Um, but I think there'll be an element of Drew was on his way back in to stop the pinfall and Reigns will, like, punch him in the dick. Or, like, there'll, there'll be some sort of... There will, there will be some kind of nefarious sort of side to it, or he'll hit him with something, or do you know what I mean? Like, there'll be there'll be there'll be a reason as to as to why they've then got beef afterwards, and that's that's kind of the way I, I see it going. Um, so I'm I'm going for the bloodline to win this one, um, but it just enforces then Reigns as like the the full on heel champion, and it gives. Drew that bit between his teeth then for the drive all the way through to September. Um, so so yeah, so that's it. So we have we have got some different views on that one. Um, in theory, the way that we've predicted different the different differently will probably all work out. But by the end of it, it's some sort of three way draw. So we, we shall see how we get on with that. Uh, obviously, if we do get chance to get Matt's in time, like I say, I will uh, I will we'll drop them into the book as well. I was going to say for next time. This is where Matt just swoops in and just basically tactically picks his way through all six predictions to ensure well, that the belt comes home to Daddy. I'm kind of thinking that as long as he gets the predictions to me before the the, uh, the event, but I mean, technically, he needs to do it before the podcast is released. I was really. about to say, he needs to get it to you before 7pm on Friday. So all, all of those are in the book and locked in leads us very quickly to any other business. Anyone got anything else? No? No, nothing majorly pressing from me. I've just seen something on Twitter, actually, um, which is... Oh, God, I bet I can't find it now. Um, but it is 20 years almost to the day... In fact, here is it. So, 20 years ago... We were told to get the F out. So, May the se- May the fifth, two thousand two, um, in a in a court case that took place right here in England, I believe, the World Re- uh, World Wrestling Federation were legally forced to become uh, to drop the WWF logo or the WWF moniker, um, and they had to come undergo undergo a sudden rebranding. Becoming the WWE that we all know and love today. Wow. I think that that's a weird thing about that story is that everybody knows it was the World Wildlife Fund, but nobody realizes it was because of the legal action in the UK that they had to change it. Oh, they didn't have to change it because I think they could have gone to court about it, but they decided. I think the uh, yeah, corruption. Whenever I've listened, whenever I heard it on podcasts, I think it was it was confusingly similar. And that, that's why they had to drop the WWF.com um, stuff. Mm. That's that's for another day. That's probably a podcast all in its own right. Okay. Well, I think that is it then. That's it from for everybody. Obviously, please bear in mind the uh, the Alexa, Alexa Bliss Funko giveaway. So if you haven't yet subscribed on YouTube, now is your chance. Get yourself over there. Tick that subscribe. And we really, really appreciate it. So thank you very, very much. Um, so yeah, enjoy WrestleMania Backlash, everybody, and thank you very much for listening or viewing, and we shall 
see you next time. Cheers, gents. Bye. So there you go. What do you think of that? Another one done. Another pay-per-view gone. Another premium live event gone. What have you got for your predictions? Tell you what, why don't you jump over to thecookiecast.com and let us know. And we'll uh, we'll add them to the book and see if you can beat us. Maybe even get a taste of that belt yourself. Title, sorry. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. If you've got a spare couple of minutes, drop us a review. Means a lot to us. It's a big help to the podcast and it helps us further down the line to bring more fantastic content. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then.